Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 290. Time passes and can never be returned. Thank you, Julius, for that deep thought. I thought so. I thought it was particularly <laughs> relevant. A nice thought for us to begin our contemplation of the brevity for which we can experience the myriad games before us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I have too many games and sometimes like a, it's like I'll, I'll play a game and I'll, I'll play it a few times. I never get played again. But once in a while, there's a gem, a gem of a game that I play once and then just chuck it. And then exactly. <laughs> ah, And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The rare game that once you play it, it has no room on your shelf. None at all. Not whatsoever. <laughs> Those are few, too few and far between, I think. <laughs> Possibly. And, and maybe not. Yeah, and maybe not. So, yeah. But let's talk about some of our favorites. So to explain how this works, normally we talk about mechanics or ideas or gaming concepts. This one was more stepping into the idea of a gaming concept. We're talking today about one-and-done games. These are games where once you've played it through for one reason or another, it's probably finished. You're not going to be doing anything else with it. Um, a very common example, I don't think it's, and I know it's not on my list, would be like a legacy type game. But even so, more modern legacy games, when you finish them, they're not really done. There's a replayable amount to the game. And I don't so much consider those ones anyway. But that's the sort of idea that we're talking about, where once you solve the puzzle or the experience or you've finished it, it's finished. There's not much more to it. That's basically it. You play it. And, and one and done might doesn't mean one time necessarily. Um, it, it, you know, maybe a game that you play a few times and then you finish it. Sure. But, but it has very limited. Well, because you got legacy games, which I am going to count. You are going to count a legacy game. Depends on the legacy game. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Got to do it. So let me just tell you what my legacy game is and just get that guy out of the way. Sure. It is a pandemic season two because that's the one I've played. <laughs> um, you know, you it's... need to expand your repertoire. <laughs> you know, I played it once. I'm done. <laughs> and that's fine. It's right. So it's a it's a legacy game, which means you play it. And as you play it, you're destroying components or unlocking components and whatnot. And and your game is changing over time. As as you do this, you're discovering a story that is. Well, you can't discover the same story twice because you've already discovered it the first time. So it's the second time through. It's not much of a surprise. But it's a it's a one time experience that that goes through a process of give or take twenty games, and once you play those give or take twenty games, you are done with the experience. Pandemic Legacy was really fun. Um, I think as listeners, long time listeners must know by now, we're big fans of Pandemic because we've talked about just about every single one of them. Truth, <laughs> and uh, it's it's just a fun mechanic, and the way it changes from game to game, little by little, and and each play has impact on the next play making it easier, harder, potentially, and finding new content that you didn't see before. Like, oh, that's so cool. Here's a new whatever, you know. Or, oh, no, I can't believe I just lost this thing that I loved, and so on and so forth. Try not to give spoilers. So, so yeah. I really enjoy Pandemic Legacy. I think Season 2 is a really strong one, possibly the strongest one. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm not sure I would have included the one-and-done category even so. It's 
definitely some other ones like Clank Legacy, for example, you certainly can't include in one and done because when you finish it, you can replay it with the board that you have finished at the end. Or, for example, the new Jurassic Park Legacy game is another one. When you finish it, you can replay with the board you have. So those are never really done. Um, with Pandemic Legacy Season 2, even that one, it doesn't feel like a one and done because it's not a one-time experience. It's just an experience that you do 12 and done. Um, <laughs> you, you play this, you play the game 12 times with minor differences. And I'm not sure I can consider it a one and done. Now, I have something that comes up to that line on my list. I think it's a little bit further away from that line. What I have on my list for today is Ada Lovelace Consulting Mathematician. Now, this is a print-and-play game where you are taking Ada Lovelace through a series of buildings trying to solve an overarching puzzle about this supercomputer that's taking over stuff and I'll leave the spoilers off at that point. But the way you play the game is that you're going to be rolling the dice and you can, whatever die you roll gives you access to certain polyominoes, which you'll then draw the polyominoes onto a board and then you'll fill out the whole board. And depending upon how much of the rooms you fill out, things like that is how much of that board you'll be able to access to level up your guys that when you move to the next level, which is a different board that you've printed off, you'll be able to do different things with it, and you'll change your polyomino board, stuff like that. And to me, this does not feel like a one-and-done, because as opposed to Pandemic Legacy, because of the restrictions of this medium, you it's an entirely different board each time. To me, it feels like a different level in a video game. In a video game, the entire video game feels like the full one-and-done experience, especially because this one has a final level where everything you've done across all the other levels, you've been, you knew about it, you know you're building up to it, you know what stuff you're collecting throughout the entire experience so that you're leveled up for the final level. It has that culminating experience of the final thing. It feels to me like it's not... It's a very long singular game as opposed to the same game repeated 12 times. So to me, it still feels like a one and done, but I will grant it's the, it's close to the line of what I would consider one and done, but I don't think it toes over it. Hmm. Okay. It's also a really good game. It is potentially, if not the best print and play game that I have played, possibly the second, at least one of the two best. Wow. Okay. That's saying something. That's pretty exciting. Well, okay. I'm gonna, I'm, my second game, I'm going to say, is like Pandemic, one and done, and that you're going to play multiple times because it brings multiple scenarios. And this is Ambush, the classic uh, Victory Games war game title, which is a solitaire squad level game. Uh, I think I had, I want to say, eight or ten scenarios. I don't remember exactly. And you play through a scenario as you're moving on the map, you're uncovering stuff, you're you're referencing a, a chart and learning what's in each hex. So so as you move around in the map, you encounter troops. If you play the same map again, the same encounter, you're gonna find the same troops to fight in the same place. So it's not really replayable in that you're going through a story in a war game. And I mean I suppose it's it's an older game. So if you first got it when it came out, I think in the eighties, you, you could probably play it again in the nineties and not remember much of it in the Again, in 20, 2005 or something, and not remembered. But really, you, you're going to go through scenarios one time. And so I think that's a pretty one-and-done game. 
really, really fun. I played it once and then I, I gave it away or, or sold it on BGG or something. Almost regret that. Maybe I trade on remember. Um, <laughs> but it was such a big game that I was like, you know, chances are I'm not going to get around to this forever and somebody else might want a chance at it. So so I, I think I traded it away. But yeah, that's a, that's a really neat game. It's a, Again, it's a story-driven game, just like the pandemic and I guess even Aided Lovelace. So that's what makes it one and done. It's, you know, once you've read the story, you're kind of done with that book, so to speak. I hear that. It's not what I'm familiar with. No, it's older. I covered it way, way back in the podcast, probably like episode 15 or 20, something like that. And I remember that I I think the guild was still pretty new at that time. And all the all the characters, all the fighters I had, the soldiers, I named them after guild members. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty fun. Really bad when some of them started dying off, too. Back Sorry. when we weren't Sorry. quite the top guild on, on BGG. No, not quite. <laughs> back, yeah, back when I, when you know everybody, I think, still knew everybody. I think it was probably like 30 or 40 members at that point, if, if that. <laughs> so long ago. So long ago. Granted, so now I think about it, I don't remember that scenario very well either, so I probably could replay it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my second. What you got? Well, my second... I didn't want to include too many escape room type puzzle games. I feel like all of them are one and dones. So I just want to include my favorite of the different series, uh, which for me is the Unlock series. I really think that one's the strongest to me. I've had, in general, the most success with them over any of the other series. The mm-hmm. fact that they're restricted to be. Very few additional components. It's mostly just on their cards and their app means that I feel like everything remains pretty streamlined and simple to understand. I don't have to you know, really break my thinking too much. And there's, there's not, I don't ever feel like, man, this was totally out of left field. I never expected it. It's always, it's always in the cards. And that always helps me to, you know, focus my enjoyment of it as opposed to getting frustrated with extra nuanced stuff but a lot of them are all really good i've just had even some of the unlock have not been good and some of the other Mm -hmm. ones like exit or escape room have been really good but i feel like i've had the most success with unlocks but really any of them whatever your preference is for whichever escape room type series you could include in this one i just have i just have a preference for the unlock over any of the other ones um there's certainly some that i would not recommend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think yeah. we want to spend an entire podcast going through all of the different escape room series. So I'm just going to talk about the one unlock escape room. And that's my, my pick for the second one on the list. Okay. I thought about including an escape room game in there too. Um, I don't think I would have picked unlock though. I do like those. Those have been my favorite of the ones I've played. I haven't played as many as you, I think I was going to pick the exit games just because those are more one and done in that you're actually destroying components in that. Right. At least the True. one I played, you had to cut things up. And so once you cut it up, it is sort of done. Yeah, but you can't replay it unlock. The only difference is that with an unlock, you can give it to someone else to enjoy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it could be redone by somebody else. I, have I redone any? No, I have not played any of the unlocks twice. I almost did, but I can't. I, can't, I was going to play one twice. I'm pretty sure I sent you one, didn't mm, I? I don't think so. I don't remember. Oh, okay. I have unlocked. I was gonna. I played one one solo, and I, I was gonna ha- play with my family later on. I, ne- I could never find it again. I lost it. I have no idea where it went. It was a submarine one, <laughs> so we never played that one. But they have played others. I played others with them. 
Well, I definitely approve of the fact approve of the fact that it's always reusable. So keep you know keep stuff out of the landfill a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and at least it's all paper. So what's your second? Ambush. My second was ambush. Oh, your second was ambush. So I guess what's your third? Oh gosh, that's hard. I have a few written down, and I think you can only pick one. Yeah, that's rough. The, I, I want to pick. I hmm, I think I'm gonna pick discover lands unknown. <gasps> Really? That's one of your yep. top three? You know, it, I could go back and forth between that and my other one. Which Did I'll you enjoy later. Discover? I did enjoy it. It was fun. It was fun discovering the, the story. It was a lot of fun and laying the tiles and exploring the map. I, I love the idea of exploring. So, so you know, having a game and no idea what's going on in there and little by little adding tiles on the map and finding out there's something over here that I want to do and, and whatnot and kind of revisit those things is really fun but i found once i played through that story then i just was not at all interested in going back i definitely could have but you know at this point i kind of knew what sort of stuff i needed to look for where i should go and what i should avoid to beat a scenario and it didn't feel like a challenge anymore it just felt like it was random luck like i know where i need to go do it's just a matter of where it shows up and do i get the right role or not and that was not very fun it was, but discovering everything was really fun. I, I've tried playing through Discover and I just did not enjoy it. I, hmm, I, okay, it's been a while, and I suppose it unlocked into my memory about why. But <laughs> it, it, I would not have recommended it. That's interesting. It's, I, I don't know that I would buy it at full price. <laughs> Fortunately, it is very rarely on full price because it's pretty well, universally yeah. tanked. Yeah, but it it was fun playing it. It was fun discovering everything. Um, the idea that each copy was unique or pretty unique, whatever, because because the components were a little bit random, was not all that much. Honestly, it, it was it was gimmick more than anything else because it didn't matter. Because I only ever bought one copy. I only ever saw one set of components. So to me, yeah. that is the game, right? All the others yeah. don't matter. So that that didn't. I'd say that didn't have any sway out for me one way or the other, other than I was not super interested in, in ever getting a second one because I might have the same components or the same adventure that I've seen. So it's like, oh, you know, do I want to get a two-thirds of a game? Nah, not really. Yeah. But the again, the playing through the adventure and discovering everything the first time and, and learning the story was fun. The stories were sometimes pretty cheesy, but that was okay. It was the discovery process that I really enjoyed. I'd say, yeah, this is a fun game. If you could get it for cheap, it's fun. <laughs> and like you said, it's not too hard to do. Well, for me, my third one is also uh, a discovery book, but uh, it's not anything like that one. My third one is Cantaloupe. I'm uh, glad Cant you picked that because I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I bumped that one off your list. Mm -hmm. uh, Cantaloupe is essentially it's a point-and-click game in physical format. It's a book and it's an experience through that book where there are pictures and cards and your goal is to figure out all the puzzles by making references or putting icons and images together and being able to figure out all the stuff to advance your way through the book. Um, you can't go to certain pages until you're told you're allowed to go to pages. You can't pull items out of the deck until you're told you're allowed, but you have to find references or put cards together to make numbers that you consult in the big list in the back of the book to see what it does. It, it essentially is a physical version of a point-and-click adventure. Mm-hmm. 
and I very much enjoyed book one. I have not had the opportunity to go into book two. I'm told that book two may not be as strong as book one, but I'm eager to try it out once I get my hands on a copy of it. But I think that book one, at least, even standing on its own, was a very enjoyable experience, especially if you enjoy those sort of point-and-click adventures. You enjoy all the story of it. It's not an escape room, because an escape room, there's not a story that you're experiencing. There's not something you're going through. An escape room is all about It's a one-hour experience where you are just generally just stuck doing something. Some of them are so abstract that you are you in a slightly different room or something like that. But this one felt like there was life and depth to the characters that you were playing as, that you were almost reading a book, but you were interacting with it. Very similar to how Mm -hmm. a regular point-and-click adventure works. I thought that was a capital experience, but it's a one-and-done. When you've read through it, when you've played through it, there's not a whole lot more you can do. Now, there are like sort of side quests to do random stuff to get special cards Mm -hmm. out of the deck. But I don't think that's enough to break it out of the one-and-done mold. For me, this is a one-and-done. When you've played it, you've gone through the story, it's time to pass it on to the next person and let them experience it. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I had fun playing it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I could not see myself going back to it because a lot of the stuff would be doing the puzzles I've already done and be, you know, flip to this page, and I flip order that page, and I combine these two cards, and I flip here. And that the second time through when you know what to do, then it just just becomes tedious. Yeah, exactly. I suppose unless you're kind of rereading the story as you do that, that might help, but that's not something I would be likely to do, I think. Um, like you said, though, it's it very much feels like a point and click, everything from the, the look of it to the jumping from frame to frame instead of you know scrolling from one room to the next. <laughs> it, 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 that, that's just like an older... Uh, an older point and click adventure the the way you combine items and the way you just have to keep sometimes just keep combining random things because it just doesn't make sense and once you get the right thing you says oh i needed to put the fish on the telephone of course right and, <laughs> that, kind, and that doesn't exist in the but that kind of nonsense combination you know it's, the only way to find it is just trying everything and so it felt very much like a point and click adventure it was very nostalgic and, and that game was a ton of fun um I, I don't have plans to go back and do the second one at all. I really? I was happy with the first one. Yeah, it was fine. I don't think I, I wanted to, to see more of the story. As mm. much fun as I had with it, I was not enthralled with the story. Okay. For me, it's very one and done with that universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll have to make sure I get a hand on it and tell you how much you should try it out. Yeah, I, I've been waiting to, to hear about it because I remember you really wanted to get it. Uh, it'll, so. it'll come eventually. It'll come eventually. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's our three games. This is a kind of a short episode. Do you want to throw in some filler names? Do you have more on your list? Uh, the only other one I have on my list is Choose Your Own Adventure, House of Danger. Ah, uh, yes. Um, which similarly is a one and done. In that one, you are going through. It's basically a, a book form of the whole book series. We haven't reviewed it yet. The reason I decided not to include it. Have we? We did. I haven't reviewed it yet because I haven't actually finished the whole thing. I'm nearly done with it, but haven't actually finished the whole thing. Uh, If we ever, the reason why I didn't include it is because it's to me it's not the strongest of the one and dones. I don't. (laughs) I didn't enjoy it greatly, and I'm not going to play any of the other ones after playing House of Danger. So it's it is a one and done, and it's 
it's fine, but I didn't think it was great. So I just didn't end up including it because of that. That's interesting. Yeah, I I played it the one time when it first came out. I think I told you when we talked about it that I played it the whole thing through thinking it was a like the way the rules said it says oh, you could play the whole thing once or play it in parts. So I'll play it once and it was like a five-hour experience when my wife was waiting for me to go do chores with her or something like that. I remember or do something, <laughs> and that didn't go over so well. I when we decided to talk about it in the podcast, I went back and replayed it for the show, and I was surprised it actually was relatively replayable, at least with with a you know one-year or two-year gap. It, it worked better than I thought. I came across stuff that I had missed entirely before that just because of the way the game works, and sometimes you're rolling dice like. Things I tried just didn't work out. So the stuff I saw the second time around that I never saw the first time or stuff that I, I really tried to go to the second time around that I can never get back to because it didn't work out. So, yeah, I don't think it's a game I would have expected to be replayable, but it's more re- replayable. Well, it's more replayable than you'd expect is what I'm saying. It wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. The second one is, I think, a little better for that, but uh, I haven't replayed it either. Or I haven't replayed that one, so... Well, with that, Albert, I guess we are about done. Yeah, that was that's it. Done and done. So, uh, yeah, done and done. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. All right, bye bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.